0: Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Yeah, clear. Oh.
1: Welcome, everybody. This is Doctor Homebrew, and I'm sitting here in the studio with a very old Brian Shar and Brian
2: Cooper.
3: I'm so old. Oh God.
1: (laughs) I meant to say Brian Cooper, uh, but uh, I said Brian Shar instead. But I wasn't wrong about either of them.
3: I'm older than Cooper, I suspect. I suspect. Hmm. Probably by 10 plus. I think I'm probably 10 plus years older than both you guys. Oh, uh.
1: well, there's only one way to find out. Let's cut off each other's arms and count the <laughs> rings. <laughs> count the rings. Uh, we have a good Beverly, show for We have a good show for you guys today. We have a pale ale and a kolsch on board here from Andy and Matt. So we're going to get to them here in just a second. Um, you know, but uh, first, I'd like to tell you about my skincare routine. Mm.
3: <laughs> first, you exfoliate.
1: Then and you rubbings. have
3: to apply concealer. Well, no,
1: you have to, uh, you have to, you have to wash first. Uh, no, I get. I have like sun. Sundam- Actually, I was kidding, but now I'm sort of serious. I have like, sundam- like sun damage, like sunspots. You know, because I, I apparently I drive too much in in the sun, and uh, I get started really. I started to be very noticeable in photos and 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 whatnot. And I'm like, you know, I gotta do something <laughs> about this. So
3: I, I got I Here got go. you, Boo. Let me... Because here's the thing: I'm old, mm-hmm. so I was getting like these old person age spots and shit, which yeah. sucks. And especially I had, like, one on my face I didn't like. And I found... Uh, Amazon found this little one-ounce, like, a half-ounce package of stuff. It's, like, 40 bucks. And Beverly's looking at me bucks. like... 40 bucks! But you, you only use a tiny, tiny bit at a time. Yeah. And... Took like two months, but the whole thing went away. And percent. I will oh. talk after the show, and no, I will I got, I'll hook, you, I got I'll hook a, you up. I got I, you. I got you, Boo. But I, I hooked you everything. up with this whole thing. I want to tell you
4: about my skin regimen. Okay, okay. First, cleaning. Yeah. Okay, and then sanitizing. <laughs> Whoa! You nice. sanitize your skin. What? What? You know anything else Damn, that does that? No, I don't. No, no.
3: I mean, for homebrew equipment, maybe. No, I don't. I, I don't know what you're trying sanitize.
4: to say.
1: Like,
3: do you uh, think PBW would clean skunk smell off of you if you got <laughs> sprayed by a skunk? I'm, I'm serious. Maybe. Do you think that would work, like on a dog or a human or something? Trying to lead ben, into our prime sponsor. They, here.
1: they never let me talk about my skincare routine. Did you see how they co opted my Honestly, this my banter? Whole
0: thing is such a disaster. We start over. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
3: Yeah, I blame did, Brian. Did Brian, you Brian
0: Cooper's trying to push the show along.
3: You're talking about your face. He's talking about forty dollar products. <laughs> What's happening right now? Let me just be quiet now. I
1: don't know. All I want to do is talk Brian about skincare Cooper, routine. Your but skincare I routine
3: do it. is cleaning and then sanitizing.
4: Why don't you tell us some more about that, sir? Um, that's Jeez. one the same thing I do with my
1: part of the show equipment. is about I, our personalities and bantering and like like a my, big my, my co-hosts shut me down. <sighs> Sorry. No, I feel like uh,
0: I, I wish I had know. a mute button for you.
2: Well, we uh.
4: talked for like 20 <laughs> minutes on the last episode about Star Wars and other sci-fi <laughs> stuff and fa- and Five superhero. Star
2: Chemicals,
1: the sponsor of the show, the title sponsor. They've been with us since day one. They help bring the show to you, so help bring your business to them. Buy PBW, buy Star Sand, buy all of their good stuff. Go to FiveStarChemicals.com and learn about everything you need to do to make great beer. And if you're going to be in HomebrewCon, which I think this episode will release by that time, uh, go and say hi to them for sure. Thank them for, for helping us do this show. And if you missed it, for whatever reason, if you're sitting there and it's, you know, August or whatever, send them an email. Thank them very much, please, for yeah. putting the show on.
4: But at Homebreak Con, we want at least one person to go up to them crying, saying, like, I used blah, 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 whatever cleaning product
0: for yeah. 10 years, and then I
4: finally discovered Five Star. Right. I love you guys. Just give each one of them a big freaking hug. That's
0: right. So here,
3: here's incentive to go to the Five Star booth, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're doing this year, but every year at HomebrewCon, they always give out little samples of something. And they're really good. They they have like not, not just the usual swag, but get yeah, like samples a little one something. ounce, well, like yeah. a little one ounce thing of Star Sand or a yeah. one ounce thing of PBW. And if you've never tried this stuff, go go get a sample. You know that that's a one ounce is enough to last you several badges. Some other products that's enough too to had. try it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's the, the best way to do. Iota Four. They have yeah. usually a few samples that they give away. so yeah. go check their booth out. They're nice people too. Absolutely. All right, we're gonna take
1: a quick break. And we're going to come back and we're gonna start talking homebrew and uh giving advice and judging stuff and a whole bunch of cool awesome stuff like that. This is skincare. Dr. Homebrew. Well, no, not skincare because you guys are uninterested. So, <laughs> apparently, I mean I, I I don't know. Whatever. It's the last I better time better skincare I skincare twice. It's the last time today. I try to better your guys's complexions. Oh, man. Back to the examination. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. <laughs> Got to turn off this music. Got to do a whole a couple new things here, but you know what? It's worth it. How about that? We should just play the whole thing out. I think that's good. <laughs> Andy, are you there? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on, dude? Thanks for joining us, man. I know it's a little late for you.
4: And yeah, no it worries. Right. He said he was a night owl. I think.
1: Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> where's his beer, though, JP? I don't know. Why is it, re- Brian? You need to calm down. We, we You're need on the my 18B. ass. I'm I know, terrifying. but I also need to talk to the guy first. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I need to say hi, Andy. Thanks again for joining us. So we have a pale ale. We're going to judge for you, right?
3: Yeah, pale
1: ale. Have okay. you brewed a pale ale before? It's like Brian's never done the show before. Neither of the two of Brian's oh, have ever man. done the show before.
3: What is podcasting? What is this thing in my face? Are we talking to real people or robots? Andy, have you
2: done a pale ale before? Are you Russian? Uh, I've done one or two, uh, mostly do IPAs and then try to pass them off as pale ale.
1: <laughs> you are. You're the. You're the, what I hate about craft beer. I'm going you. are right. my best friend.
2: <laughs> is, is that what this is?
1: Is it like basically a session IPA with some crystal malt?
2: Uh, no crystal malt, but maybe session ipa <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: Hey, man, fair enough. Have you done this recipe before? Is it a new recipe? Uh,
2: it's... I brewed this recipe, actually, for the first round of NHC, uh, <laughs> and then this is the rebrew that was basically the same with just a couple tweaks, uh, but it came out a little bit different than the first one, so okay. I'm to see what you guys think.
1: Did it get... Did it pass the first round? Is it in second round, or...?
3: It is in the second round. Oh. We've got to DQ ourselves from second round pale ale, perhaps, <laughs> Brian. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm judging second round. So, Me uh, too, yeah. yeah. We probably should DQ oh. ourselves from pale ale. Maybe. I like judging pale ale. Yeah. Unless you like it, and then go ahead and judge <laughs> yeah. uh, and, Andy, where are you calling us from? I'm um, just outside of Nashville. Oh, nice. Uh, which direction? <laughs> uh, to the uh, to the west. Okay, west. I, well, I say. I, what I block a, are you on? I was telling oh. the uh, previous co- caller in the previous show that uh, I spent like almost ten years near Jackson when I was a kid growing up. So not too far from Nashville.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you in a homebrew club? You guys should kiss. I, I am. So uh, the uh, Clarksville Carboys.
3: Great. Nice. Awesome. It's a, it's a nice shout-out for those cats. Yeah. All right, Brian Shaw. Yeah, why don't yeah. you
1: start out first here? Let me give him some beer Dude. first, don't you? Well, have I you ever, sure have well, done well. this show before? I, I'm not just not used to you being so, so slow to While pour. we're pouring
3: beer, let's uh, ask. So, uh, how long have you been home brewing? Oh, probably about uh, seven years
2: or so. Cool.
3: Uh, That's pretty cool. Did so you start off with all grain or uh, extract? Or uh, tell me about that.
2: Well, I uh, I, I started off and I kind of get ocd with hobbies so uh i wanted to dive right in but my uh my wife told me it wasn't allowed so i, I brewed one you know the obligatory uh extract batch which of sucks, uh, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. went straight into all grain after that
3: uh, nice yep very cool so yeah thanks for sharing this beer with us it's really good so i'll just give you my my preview of oh, the spoiler alert i like your beer a lot Uh aroma uh aroma is really nice uh very pleasant it's dominated by hop aroma at a high level which is good for a pale ale and don't tell me yet i'm guessing right now it's idaho seven so when well, we get to the end and we talk about recipe i'm just calling it right now this is idaho seven to some extent <laughs> babe, it's like it's like babe ruth babe calling ruth. his shot like i'm home run out here past second second base so i'm calling idaho seven uh, it's citrus, tropical fruit, spice, a little bit of low dankiness, uh, low malt, but the malt's there. Uh, no esters, no off aromas, no diacetyl. Give this ten out of twelve. Really fresh, really, uh, really great uh, complex hop aroma with with some malt there to back it up. Appearance three out of three. This is crystal clear. You know, I could read through this. Uh, even the sample here. Maybe the this, this second, when we just got poured, it was toward the very bottom of the bottle. It's maybe a little hazy, but still really, really clear. Color is a uh, light gold. Head is low and very persistent. And in this uh, uh, sample we just got, we judged this probably an hour ago. This bottle, I'd call this more of a medium and very persistent head. Great job. Three out of three. Uh, flavor. <coughs> Excuse me. Initially, the flavor is low malt. Followed up with a hop flavor at a high level. Uh, Similar hop flavors to the aroma. I get that citrus tropical fruit, a little little danky. A hop bitterness is medium, uh, leading up to a mid-palate balance that's slightly toward bitterness. And this is, you know, we'll talk about the recipe later. You know, Brian and I had a lot of discussion uh, before the show about, is this really an IPA that's entered as a pale ale, or is it really a pale ale, but for a number of reasons, including the bitterness level. I really believe this is a pale ale just at the high end of the style. We'll discuss that. Again, I'm making that call right now. We'll discuss that later on. Uh, the uh, It's well att- very well attenuated. Good job with your fermentation. The balance is slightly toward bitter and a very long and pleasant finish. Uh, gave this 17 out of 20 for flavor. Really well done. Uh, mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Bodies, medium light. Carbonations, medium. Um uh, No warming. It's more perky than creamy, but with no astringency. Overall impression, 8 out of 10. And I made the note here, am I judging this too high? Is this really an IPA? Uh, This pale ale is so good, I'm rethinking whether I want to have my first beer on my Pico uh, Z be a pale ale or not. Because I'm not sure, um, through no fault of the Pico, I'm not sure I could make a pale ale this good. I'm not sure I could get my starter and everything else uh, uh, to create a pale ale that's going to be this tasty um if i suspect this is right on the boundary of an ipa but due to the alcohol level and the hot bitterness you know i really don't i feel this is just right on the line and not over i'm curious to hear about that later if anything for changing this i might back off on bitterness just a few percent like five percent or something but even that i'm not sure is something you need to do. Extremely well done beer. Gave this 43 out of 50 overall. Uh, great job. And looking forward to uh, hearing what Brian has to say and then getting your uh, fermentation and recipe specifics. Oh, Excellent. Uh, so yeah, um, I'll echo a
4: lot of what uh, what Brian said there. I'll put in my hop guest too. Um, I'll go against Brian and just suggest maybe, maybe there's no Idaho <laughs> 7 Fuggles. in there.
3: It's all Fuggles. No, I I I get I get a little bit of a uh, uh, call a hop, Brian. You're gonna s- say No Idaho Seven, you gotta call a, a hot.
4: Citra like aspect. Okay, here. Citra. Okay. I'm calling Citra. Okay. All
3: right. But there may be both.
4: We never know. Could be. Um aroma wise, it's got a nice uh pleasant citrusy um uh lemon, tangerine. Uh, a little melon, maybe there's oh, maybe there's some mosaic in there too. I don't know. Uh, light grapefruit, uh, but a nice tropical fruit, mango and pineapple. Um, slight, very slight pine and resin. Not too much of that. Kind of um, not super dank or anything. But it's a really interesting hop choice. It's got kind of a blend of the classic and the modern, uh, and I really like that. Um, medium overall. It's not. Medium high high like for for pale ale it's right in the territory where it's like just pushing that edge and to me it, it hits a good spot so um low base malt kind of cracker like faint toasts, uh you know <clears throat> out of the way but but supporting in a nice way uh medium fruity esters uh very very cleanly fermented ale profile um no dms or diacetyl or anything like that Uh, Appearance-wise, it's a medium-light golden-colored beer. I poured mine first, so mine is perfectly clear. Um, (laughs) It has a low white head that that fades after a while, but it actually had some nice hop lacing, some lacing on the sides of the glass. Um, You know, the, the head is finely formed, and you can really see it's a nice, you know... Some nice uh, medium and small chain proteins in there, just uh, holding up that head, and and some hop components in there. The, some of the polyphenols from the hops pushing up the head and keeping it going. Um, so yeah, m- uh, mostly finer bubbles and some a few larger, but three out of three for appearance. Um, flavor wise, and all yeah. Let me take a sip now. <clears throat> so medium high on the hops, I would say in the flavor, it's 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 up there. Uh, with the same characters as in the aroma, just a lot of that citrusy and and some tropical notes, and a little bit of other uh, base malt below that. Clean and bready, a little crackery, you know, uh, nothing too crazy there. Um, it's on the you know it's on the lighter side color wise. It's so, you know it's not like a really malty uh, pale ale at all, and that's fine for me. Uh, let's the hops shine nicely. So there's some actual low alcohol that does come through in the flavor for me. And that's uh, like, this is the point where some people are just like, oh, my God, this is not a pale ale. Mm. But it's smooth. and it <laughs> I don't really, sound
1: like that. Come on. Uh,
4: I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> no, so, some know. other judging that friends a, I know. Yeah, That was a joke cause uh, I would definitely say that. The balance is to the hops. Um, clean ale ferment. Pleasant fruitiness in there. Um, the bitterness is kind of medium low, a little bit out of the way, but there's enough there to say, okay, a little bite from the, you know, but like, not like not much at all. It's like, I suspect there's a a lot more late hops in here than there are any bittering hops. Um, just a good level and it finishes nice and dry kind of what you want in a, a more modern pale ale. Um mouthfeel-wise, it's medium light body, uh medium carbonation, no obvious warmth, no astringency. It's really very smooth and easy drinking and uh not harsh at all. It's just you want to you take a sip and you want another sip. We are actually pouring this and then we're pouring ourselves some more after we judged it, even though we had to judge other beers. Um uh, but yeah, overall it's a very pleasant drinking American Pale Ale, smooth and clean. Uh just a nice job overall. Hop choices have some classic and some more modern uh, selections in there which I like um, it's enjoyable there's the alcohol I would say is on the slight high end for the style perhaps but to me it's not expressing itself as purely IPA like it's just a good you know modern breweries pale ale and a half almost you know like pale ale and point four you know it's not the to the extreme where it's bordering on IPA quite yet Um IPA has become a little different animal too and and those have crept upward on everything too. So I gave this one a 41 as uh, you know it's up in the 40s I think. I I don't know. I hope, hope mm. our scores will echo what you get in finals and I don't know. I um I really yeah, liked be it. Interesting. I think You did a great job and we'd love to hear what you what you did. And then we want to know the hops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> All right, go
2: ahead. Yeah. Man. Uh... Yeah, so the recipe, um, I did a a 13.5-gallon batch, and it was about 72% um, two-row, 20% uh, pale wheat malt, and 4% uh, crystal 40, and then 3% uh, acidulated malt. Um, Andy, why did you uh, make the
3: choice, sorry to interrupt you in the middle here, why did you make the choice for wheat malt?
2: I put that in a lot of my uh, IPAs, and uh, you know the evolution of this recipe started with an IPA, um, and then kind of went down just a little bit to the borderline, uh, and then um, I had entered it as an IPA and a pale ale in the uh, first round and a couple other competitions, and you know it did good in both, but um, it advanced in the pale ale category for for
3: nationals, so that's kind of what I I went with for the uh, the rebrew there. Okay, sorry nice, to interrupt. But, uh, but I just was curious about that wheat malt choice. Yeah, yeah, I think it
2: uh, it helps with the uh, the head and then some some body a little bit. I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, I started doing it after I read a modern times recipe that had it in uh, some of their their pale ales, and mm. I just liked what yeah. it did. The retention yeah. is
4: good, and that's a, it's a good trick. Keep, keeps yeah. a lot of good proteins in there.
2: Yeah. All right, continue yeah, the recipe, of yeah. the man. Uh, so I uh, did a half ounce of warrior for bittering at sixty minutes, and then. Uh, I did, with five minutes left in the boil, uh, an ounce and a half of Citra, oh. an ounce and a half of uh, Mosaic, and then um, I whirlpooled at 180 degrees for 15 minutes with uh, two ounces of Citra Cryo, two Lovely ounces cryo of hops. Mosaic Cryo, and two ounces of Idaho 7.
4: Yeah! No. No. So we're both right. You guys right. are both <laughs> right. I, I, both Jeez.
3: right. Nice. Those are the only three hops we called out, yeah. brother. <laughs> Uh, well done, my friend. Well done. Yep, yep. Uh, I was
2: impressed by your uh, your perceptions <laughs> there. Uh, there you I did go. throw another ounce and a half of Vic Secret in as well. At, uh, nice. Okay. Fifteen nice. minutes for the uh, whirlpool. That's well, well, good. Yeah. Uh, then
4: we'll hop out there.
3: That sounds really good.
4: Yeah. Sure. Why not? Right.
3: I, lo- I love yeah. and
4: Mosaic together. That's a good that Falcon. Really, impression. really works nicely. Yeah.
3: yeah. This
2: every every IPA I've made with this uh, you know this this uh, hot bill is. Been just delicious. I love
4: that's a, that is a big dose of Idaho Seven at the end too. So yeah. yeah, no wonder you. Yeah, and I'm I'm yep. less familiar with that hop. I like I drink a lot of um, Altamont beers, and they do, they blend yep. the Citra Mosaic together a lot. And I just love you know, like Maui Waui is on my keg yep. full time. But and that's a lot of Citra, which is why
3: you <laughs> definitely mosaic, got Citra. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: and I'm, I'm actually drinking a Maui Waui right me, now. Me too. It's I got excited. a
3: Maui Waui right here.
4: Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, you guys should kiss. That's the blend. No. Oh, okay. No, no that's, that's okay. Oops, I cut myself off. Uh, all right, well, Andy, do you have any questions for these guys based on their uh, excellent professional feedback?
2: So, I mean, I was worried about the uh, the IPA pale ale uh, deal there. Uh, mm-hmm. It is high on the alcohol; it's about six, like six point two percent around there. Um,
1: That's still that was style, all. I mean, I think.
2: this was an IPA when I brewed it originally, yeah. so uh, I just kind of toned it down a little bit and. I took out some of the bittering hops and left it the way it was, and uh, that's why I like the drink. So I just, you know, enter that. The, yeah, yeah
3: six point two. Looking at the style guidelines right here on my phone is the exact top end of pale ale. Yep. Yeah, there are going to so be we, some were right, we, were the, we were right. We were you're right in that line.
2: Pushing. Yeah, the it's definitely right in the line. Which uh I've had some other beers that were smack dab in the middle, and they kind of get lost, especially in the best of shows. You I wanted enter, to go on one end of the style and I went the high side yeah entering a 6.2 percent
4: IPA though like you're, you're just like asking to be defeated by the seven percenters out there at some point whatever <laughs> yep, yep. Well, that's, that's, like, that's oh. the thing
3: that's that's the the gaming of competition in a way right is you have the there's a strategy that's involved and gaming is the wrong word mm-hmm. there's a strategy that's involved in competition and you're right how do you stand out especially in second round? Uh, among all the others, and you kind of have to be big in your category for some of these to stand out. Now, when did you rebrew? Uh, I brewed this tenth uh, of May okay, so not too long ago what so what, what yeast yeah. did you use? Did you tell me and I forgot because I wasn't paying attention
2: no I, I used uh, I used San Diego super yeast, so woP zero nine zero. And then I also dry hopped it with uh, two ounces of mosaic, four ounces of citra, and four ounces of Idaho seven.
3: Damn! Yeah. Good job!
4: Wow! So yeah, I mean, I'd say this beer is hitting its prime, and you should be in good shape next week yeah. when they're judging it. I mean, it's a really good, really good rebrew. Uh, I'd like to know what the difference was though that you detected between your original beer and the and the rebrew. Ooh, good question.
2: Well, I, the only thing that I changed was uh, for the the first beer uh, about. Twenty more IBUs came from the bittering hop at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then uh, the dry hop was reduced uh, just slightly. And then, um, also, I drove the pH down a little bit more for this rebrew um, uh, because I thought the the first one uh, was kind of a little flabby. So I wanted to wanted to just bring it down a little bit. So it ended up I, I didn't measure it post fermentation, but before fermentation, it was down about five point one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the differences I noted were, uh, which I don't even think it had anything to do with either of those things I did, but uh, the the hops, the uh, Idaho 7 specifically in the first, the first beer I made, had a really earthy uh, quality to it that uh, I felt like it made it taste more malty than it actually was, and I actually thought it was really nice. Uh, it didn't really come through on this one, and I think it was just the hops, you know, um, I got you know got it from somebody else. Yeah, and, the
4: the acid uh, uh, accents the tang of the citrusy and the uh, um, yeah the uh, uh, tropical tasting uh, hops. So yeah, so that yeah the acid- acidulated malt was was brought in for that purpose. And or did you use some in the previous batch
2: too? Well, I used some in the previous batch, but I actually put a little. Uh Lactic acid as well in this one and acid just and actually okay. use some phosphoric yeah. acid as well gotcha. uh, to, to drop it down a little bit more. Okay. Hmm.
4: I think you know, I think it pops nicely. It's got it's not like mm-hmm. Super tangy or sharp. It's it's really not It's just smooth and and the hops express themselves in a nice way
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I like the way it turned out Um I like the first one, too, but uh, that was going to be one of my main questions was, mm. the uh, you know, if you guys could taste anything with the pH, uh, if it was too far, or if you could even notice it. Yeah, I think the water
3: and the acid levels are fine. I don't detect any problems there. The point of adjusting pH is that we shouldn't notice it. Mm. We should just notice the beer, and that's what we did. And I think you're going to do really well. you got two Grandmaster judges telling you this is a 40-plus point uh, pale ale, uh, it's entirely possible this is going to be you know, a, a best of show round contender in uh, second round. So best of luck, man. You never know though. Like there's so many. now, now when I lose, I, you, can call, I can <laughs>
2: call bullshit and <laughs> well, that, <go> better <laughs> <laughs> about
3: myself. <There laughs> so many variables. Like where are you in the flight? <laughs> what kind of judges <laughs> oh, yeah. do you have? Oh, yeah. How tired are they? What did they judge in the previous flight? There's just oh, there's so many variables that yeah. can happen.
4: But I, I was thinking I was going to say though too. Like you get into the second round. The quality of judging is very good and you should have judges that know their ass from a hole in the ground and and will be able to detect, okay, this is a more modern pale ale. This yes. is this is what this is. It's, you know, I'm I, I may be, you know, sixty five years old and I've been judging for thirty years, but I can I can <laughs> tell this is a good, well brewed beer. Or you may get others that where it's just like just pushes the envelope too much that so just turns them off and they're like, sorry, man, this is a Thirty-two or thirty-five—I don't know. Yeah, but it's still, there's no flaws in the beer. I, I wouldn't. I'll be surprised if it went that low.
3: But no, I, I totally agree. And second round also. This is maybe a weird thing to say, but second round, people are all virtually every judge is really um, respectful of the competition. And yeah, it's a drink fest, but people tend to uh, not overdo it the night before and get a good night's sleep and show up and be ready to judge, which is not necessarily always the case in every comp.
4: <laughs> yeah, for well, sure. Yeah,
2: best of luck to you, man. I hope, hope
4: yeah, we we'll see you good, on that stage. Well, good, good job,
2: man. I appreciate the feedback. We're going to seeing how it goes.
1: Awesome. Thanks, man. Cool.
2: Good luck. Alright, thanks. Bye-bye.
1: So, bye. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. That'd be cool yeah. if you win something. Yeah. I'll be, be
3: there. there. Yeah. It's a really a good beer. Yeah, I'll be curious. Yeah, I'll be curious to check the Pale Ale uh, uh, awards when those come out. Absolutely. All right, it's a
4: everybody. Tough, tough uh, category. We're going
3: to really take is. a
1: quick break, and then we're going to come back and uh, judge another beer. This is Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. We'll be right back.
0: Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park.
1: The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now, Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com.
0: I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out.
1: Back to Dr. Homebrew. (laughs) All right, thanks a lot, everybody, for sticking with us. We're gonna call our second guest here on the old Doctor Homebrew show, and uh, you know, we're, then we're gonna drink his beer, and then we're gonna judge it. And it's gonna be a good time. It's a Kolsch from Matt. And Matt, are you Please there, dude? Your
2: message for <laughs> seven six zero. What? Oh, hello, uh, hello, whoa, whoa, whoa,
3: whoa. I feel like seven six zero area code. Oh I my god! I feel like
1: Matt is uh, maybe asleep. Matt, dude, sorry we missed you. No, he's, he's in California. He uh, be fine. Yeah, well, dude, trust me, if I could be asleep right now, I would be asleep right now. Uh, I mean, uh, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm calling to tell you that you are late to being on Doctor Homebrew. Ah! <laughs> uh I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, that sucks, man. But uh, wait, now do we have his Skype? I Look, man, I have his contact information, then I got the
3: he filled out on the form. No, the, I think we got that separately, though. Hold on, let me see. Do you have his MySpace or um, his Friendster?
1: I don't know, man.
4: I only have...
3: Uh, I get no here. smile. Not even Beverly use, smiles with that. I use the... Uh, so in the
4: meantime, Brian and I will tell jokes for about two and a half minutes until... All right, I turned off
1: everyone's <laughs> microphone, so you guys don't have to deal with that. Um... <laughs> Well if he had Skype if he had Skype he should have put his Skype number down I instead of his phone number
4: Skype and I asked him today. Sorry,
3: I'm trying to help
1: Why it's not your matter? fault you didn't yeah. do it
3: Turn
1: my mic back up so I can
3: Nope, talk. nope. We can help you with the dead air in here. It's nope, it's dead, fine. On Skype for us to it's
1: fine, everybody. It don't worry about it. Here comes Matt. Oh. It's dead like Matt. a... Uh, we'll there we see. go. R- Matt Hopefully. isn't online. Okay, so I'm uh, done with this. Let's go ahead and judge Matt's beer. And then Matt, if you're listening, um, call us. I don't know, dude. So who wants to go first? Brian Cooper? Okay, let's go.
4: It's like um, hunting cats sometimes. This is a five B culture, Meow. and uh, it's so so we uh, they came in these kind of uh, these five hundred mill bottles. Uh, with some kind of scraped off labels on them. Um, the the fill was pretty low. It was down probably about two inches on the five mill bottle, which does have a pretty long slope, but it, there was a lot of room for. Well, I don't know if, you know, it could have been if it was capped on foam, you know, that's that's usually probably fine, but you could have carbonation issues too from that, from filling too low. Uh, anyway, in the nose, I'm getting um, kind of a lightly yeasty, bready note up front, um, a low oxidized paper-like note. Definitely bread. Bread, yeah. yeah. Like I walked into a Subway. Yeah, like baked bread, mm-hmm. um, yeastiness, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of definitely some paper, paper-like paper notes in there. Uh, a low herbal hop aroma. Esters are are kind of out of the way, background-y, a little pear-like. Uh, just hiding in there. Not not super estuary, so that's good. It's You know, a coal shouldn't be brightly fruity and big on that front. Um, didn't get any diacetyl or acet- acetaldehyde in there. Uh, just it's a little bit of an odd fermentation character in there, kind of... And or the yeastiness is kind of like overpowering some other things that are there, and, and and otherwise it would smell a little more kind of light and and have a nice little hot bouquet, a little you know more colch like. Um, Appearance wise, it's a golden colored beer, but a quite hazy, with a low white head that that sticks around for uh, a fairly short time only, uh, mostly fine bubbles. Uh, low little maltiness with with a uh you know uh pretty big uh for the style bitterness uh and kind of coarse at that um some paper oxidation is still evident in the flavor as well to me i was trying to figure out this beer and it gives the impression of a um, a slightly stale watery hop tea okay interesting there's, there's no You know, it's, um, there's no obviously identifiable fermentation flaws, but it's just a little odd. Um, and there's, you know, hints of grassiness in the aftertaste. It's just a little too much, um, hop going on here.
1: With that bready, I I wonder if he has a contamination. I wonder if he, and it sounds weird, I wonder if he did his starter in the same area that he maybe makes bread. Or his wife makes bread, or someone. Yeah, I would, uh, a of, had to troubleshoot a, a few people who have is, who had issues like this, and that's what ended up actually happening. If you're using, if you Maybe, if you yeah. have bread yeast kind of going, can, and you make your own bread in that area of the kitchen or wherever that is, the yeast will kind of live there, and it will contaminate. actually contaminate yeah. your starters.
4: That that could be because uh, I
1: mean it smells like bread, like not just a little bready, but yeah. It smells <laughs> like I'm like I'm making dough. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Doughy bready. A little
3: yeah, that you're not wrong.
1: It smells it's, like my midsection. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Doughy.
4: If we poke you, will you say <laughs> maybe. Yeah. All right, sorry, uh, go ahead. Anyway. So no, but had it, it a does a expre- and that's you know, smelling your belly button. That's no. not an unpleasant aroma at all. Like I love the spread. The, the It's smell not unpleasant, it's just fresh, not a Kolch. Yeasty bread, you know, yeah. but it's not what you expect in the yeah. Kolsch. Uh yeah, so it's just kind of um you know kind of there the the esters are in check, which is nice again, the balance is even between the hops um and the malt, uh mostly the hop bitterness, I would say, but yeah it's just um semi dry finish and kind of just yeah, it's there. Um, mouthfeel wise, medium light body, no warmth, uh, not very creamy, smooth. Um, it's not super biting either. Uh, there's no obvious astringency going on, uh, but the carbonation seems medium low. Uh, should be a little spritzier, it's a bit low for the style, uh, but the yeast also adds a bit more of this kind of mouth filling sensation. You get some of these beers that are, you know, like a yeastier beer, like a, a German Weizen, it feels. Bigger than it really finished at, you know Agreed It it might have dried out to 10-10 But it's like, wow, this feels like It didn't quite attenuate out But I don't get a big sweetness either So that tells me there's something Something filling, you know, a little more mouth filling there Overall impression: the beer is hitting, um, you know, some of the marks for Kolsch with the the light maltiness and the um, subdued fruitiness and dryness that's there. It's it's dry enough. Uh, however, the the yeast and and hop matter that's in suspension here are detracting from the beer and pulling it away from the style a little too much. I'm sorry. It's just, um, you know, the clarity definitely needs some work. It needs to be improved. There it should be. Crystal clear, nice pinpoint bubbles floating up through it, and a nice, you know, little fluffy head, and uh, yeah, just you you can filter it out, you can find it out. I'm not sure what this beer would taste like after treatments like that, uh, but you know, cold crashing will definitely help. Uh, You do want to watch out for oxygen contact after you know, um, commencing your primary fermentation. You know, the recipe seems to be uh, somewhat in the territory. Um, it's, it's not a, you know, although the, the bittering hop is maybe a little too big. Other than that, like the malts that were used are probably okay. Um, but, uh, you want to use the freshest ingredients you can, some nice German pills malt. Um, keep that fresh malt flavor going and, and keep the hops, uh, at least the bitterness out of the way. Um, so you can just like have a nice crisp beer. Um. But I don't know, yeah, go to Cologne and taste some colch some <laughs> there and, and see what it should be and try to get a little closer there. Like yeah. I hope this helps a little bit. And sorry you have to listen off the air, and we'll try to get you on there. But Yeah. yeah. All
1: right, Brian Shar, go for it, dude.
3: So I'll digress a little bit. We're talking about going to Cologne, my brother is retired from the Air Force, and uh, for he did a tour in some little place in uh, Germany not far from uh, Cologne. And he had this German, he did a NATO, it was a NATO tour. And his CO was British, and about once every month or two, on Friday, he'd roll into the office and be like, Hello, chaps, cheerio, tip-top, we're going to do some team building. And they'd all pile in a van and go down to Cologne, to the river, and they would just pub crawl among all the Kolsch bars like all, day, all me, day long and whoever drove that van had to be the dd Ugh. and my brother would just get smashed on coal shit <laughs> good german coal shit right there on the river what a great way this coaster a Friday. was
4: marked up like all the way around or something
3: well they would go to like all the places like every there's like what five or six classic Kolsch yeah. places and he would they would mm. like walk Dome they would crawl to like all of those on the river so i do not envy him being in the Air Force, but I envy him uh, getting the chance to go do that on a regular basis. Yeah, so. sounds good. Good job, Michael. So, anyway, uh, uh, I largely echo what, what uh, Brian has to say. Uh, aroma is kind of low overall, low malt aroma, no hop aroma, but no no esters and no diacetyl. Give it a 7 out of 12. That's true. Uh, appearance, it's hazy and murky, perhaps from shipping. Uh, dark straw in color. Uh, head is low, but persistent, much lower head than I expected. And actually, in the second pour, I have, maybe it's because I have this Maui Wowie next to me. If I have the camera on, not sure if you can tell, but the the coal here on the right, I really get pink highlights on this. And I bring this up with the pinkness, especially with these bottles, because the bottles had the labels still on and kind of scraped off. Is back in the day, I used to, before I kegged, I would bottle. And of course, I would reuse my bottles. And sometimes I had some random bottles in a bo- batch that I would bottle would be, gu- these, these were not gushers. I would have some that would be gushery, but they would be pink. Like the beer would have a pink character like this. Yeah, we had it on the last show. And exactly. A, yeah. And I think that a lot, you know, especially when you look at a, a, a bottle that has a label still on there, I wonder. Yeah. You know, the the mommalee from 20 years ago was, oh, just put them in the dishwasher on high, you'll be fine. Well, that water never gets up in the bottle, and it cooks stuff inside without killing it, and you got biofilm on the inside of the bottles, Mm. and I I, I wonder if part of the problem with this is not the beer or anything else, but the packaging, if perhaps, you know, clean, sterilized, clean, sanitized bottles that were, you know, right out of the the homebrew store... Filled up with star sand, sanitized out. Wouldn't you have the maybe perhaps some biofilm that might be left in? That's in true. Because that that pink. When I see pink, I get really anxious, and I think about how terrible my <clears throat> my bottled beer could be back back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so, and give this a one out of three for appearance, uh, flavor. Initially, the impression I got was malt, and then high hop bitterness. Um, the b- hop bitterness just dominates. Uh, as well as I get a really harsh minerality that, uh, to me, the balance is not between malt and uh, bitterness, but between kind of this minerality and the bitterness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of a vicious cycle that they just kind of reinforce uh, each other. That domin- They both kind of dominate this bitterness and minerality into the, the finish. Um, so it's uh, the malt, to the extent you can taste it, is kind of sweet and muddled and lacks the crispness you want and a Kolsch, and it's just kind of harsh, unfortunately. So I gave this a 8 out of 12. Uh, mouthfeel, body's medium, carbonation's low. Kolsch should be lively and highly carbonated, and it's just way too low for style. Uh, and the harshness also has some astringent components to it, so I gave this a 2 out of 5 for mouthfeel. Uh, overall impression was a 4, I think from a standpoint of not being estuary, the brewer did a great job. Mm-hmm. You judge Kolsch, you know, nine times out of ten, the the, the, the knock on Kolsch in competition is it's uh, someone wanted to brew a lager but didn't have temp control, right. so they made a Kolsch, so they brewed in their closet at 80 degrees, so you have <laughs> an apple fruit bomb. It's like, why did you do this? Aww. Well, I thought I could do this because I could put it in a closet. No, that's not how you make a good Kolsch. And it's, you know, unfortunately, if you're out there and you're listening and you want to make a Kolsch, you need to have temperature control. Right. Or you need to have a reliably cold basement year, that time of year you're doing it. That gets you to like that low, stays 60s. In the low 60s or even yeah. 60 degrees. Even e- exactly down there, you can't have you know 60, or 70, 80 degree excursions right. and make a cold. So this,
4: with, with every one degree addition of uh, you know Fahrenheit of, of fermentation temp, you get like a tenfold <laughs> increase in the esters, from what I understand. It's, no, that's exactly
3: right. It's yeah, that it's I forget the chemistry law, but yeah, it's like the, the the every 10 degrees is 10x something with heat. So that good job on that. That that was really well done. The problem to me is that it's there's really a lot of harshness in this beer. And again, that might come from the package. Maybe there's some biofilm in these bottles that didn't go away that caused some harshness. Maybe it's water over adjustment. You know, I'm I'm constantly beating the drum on that, so I don't want to, you know, go don't want to overly dwell on that. But sometimes if you're adjusting your water or maybe you don't have a good handle on what your water is or you're too enthusiastic about it or you're just kind of following what a spreadsheet says or something you can over adjust your water Mm -hmm. Uh, and i wondered if that might be an issue or conversely if maybe the brewer had really hard water and didn't adjust it at all in which case maybe some cutting that hard water with some ro water or spring water might might have helped but um At least from a fermentation standpoint, I think this beer was well made uh there are some other process issues on this, and yeah. uh, I hate to be hard on it, but I gave this a twenty three uh, for an overall score
4: yeah i th- I don't know if I, I I might have failed to mention my score, but I'm around like a nineteen or twenty on this one yeah. too it's you know it's uh, it's got some redeeming qualities for sure. But it's not quite where it needs to be for a nice crisp, fresh cologne. You know, no. When you go to Cologne, you'll find out it's it's a fun place to taste beer for mm. sure. Yeah. Well,
1: I think uh, unfortunately we can't hear from Matt to, to get a little feedback to, to answer
4: some of these questions. Like to, just yeah, to, like, like to what happened what or whatever. Maybe we can give him something offline and feedback wise. And
3: yeah, that'd be cool. A little update for find the next show. E-
4: yeah, email yeah.
3: us; we'll email you back you can, or something. You, you can always call email us and shout at us email yeah. me at
4: brian at com. brian with an i to get your beers on the show and uh you know if you want feedback on something you've brewed we're happy to happy to give it to you so we just have to deal with these west coast late hours and we shifted a little later tonight than we wanted to be but mm-hmm. we're gonna get out of here the, right
1: yeah i mean just uh to clarify that point it's Currently ten thirty at night on the West Coast, so yeah. if you uh, you know if you can stay up late, <laughs> come on the show, man. Let's go. <laughs> All right, well, I guess uh, I guess we'll get out of here, huh, guys? Yeah, that's
3: it. Do I talk about your skincare some more, Jason? Well, I do, but apparently
1: it's uh, you guys don't want me to.
4: Looking forward to HomebrewCon.
1: Yeah. You and I can talk about the, uh, skincare
4: uh, offline, man. The <laughs> BN booth will be going strong, and we'll, we're going to sure. do some live shows there. So live the, shows
1: at HomebrewCon. Doing two live shows and. We're going to give away something. You guys, I'm not going to be there, but you guys are going to be giving away uh, one of the new products from the iDip Boys. Oh, wow. no shit. Are yeah. we really doing that? That's awesome. Yeah, they're going to be on the uh, the show, give a little five-minute kind of talk about what, uh, what they got new coming down the pipe. And, uh, yeah, you give one of those away. Nice. So that would be cool. Very so, nice. Anyway, thanks a lot, everybody, for sticking around and listening to Dr. Homebrew. And thanks for Andy and Matt for sending beers in. And uh, until next time... Um, Bruce Strong and impress us. Come yeah. hear us live oh, wait, at HomebrewCon. Uh,
3: my si-
1: my sign-off should be um, go on the bus and kiss somebody close to you. All right, <laughs> bye.
3: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: sure. yeah,
3: Such a great movie. Like she's been dying.